This week's episode is brought to you by gifts. I'm going to open one right now. Oh man, a Circuit City gift card? Wait, there are Circuit City gift cards still? Hey everybody, welcome to Nexus at Night. I'm Atlas. And I'm Matt. And I, root beers and time out, alright? His insubordination will be punished. Well, we didn't. We didn't change the uh, change the the syrup. We're out. The what? The syrup. You know how like soda machines have like the syrup and carbonated water, and like sometimes the syrup runs out, and you just end up with like plain carbonated water, which is not great. That that is the worst. Yeah, for sure. No, so it's just kept us. No, for real though, he got like a job and has job things to do, so that's why he's missing this week. Still, good for him. Yeah, so today, Boucherode released more information about the imaginary gifts, which we're just going to talk about, so... Well, I mean, like, they released the idea of them like two weeks ago, said where some of the clans were going to fall. This was on uh, Monday, April 2nd, so Monday, April 2nd, summed up. But they, uh, they can all these. Yeah, so they stated their reasoning for why the clan, like, the clans fall the way that, the way they fall. Mm-hmm. Um, to people who didn't listen to the, uh, episode 84 about the gifts in general, let's just go over it real quick. Uh, a, an imaginary gift is, uh, a new game mechanic that when a certain card hits Vanguard Circle, you get this gift, basically, where it, it looks like a card that you just kind of pull. There's three of them. There's Force, Excel, and Protect. Uh, force is uh, a thing you put either on your Vanguard Circle or Rear Guard Circle, and every time, or just any unit that's on that circle gets 10,000 power during your turn, and you can stack them. So if you keep rewriting threes, you can have like a circle with plus 30k on your turn, or split them up if you want. Excel makes a new van, uh, new Vanguard circle, a new rear guard circle that has ten, plus ten thousand power on your turn. So if you keep rewriting, you get more front row rear guard circles you can do stuff with. And lastly, protect is a card that you put in your hand that acts as a perfect guard, but it doesn't have a grade or anything like that, so it can't be guard restricted. Well, yeah. <laughs> so far, I have not said anything disagreeable. What we do know is fourteen of the twenty-four clans that have been assigned Force, Protect, or Excel. So we're going to kind of go through them all and, I guess, comment on them. For example, the first one, uh, Oracle Think Tank got Protect for mostly obvious reasons, but the their explanation is, the gift marker in hand counts for the purposes of Oracle, meaning if you have five or more cards in hand, you are in Oracle, increasing your hand size to make getting the conditions easier. Because the clan draws so many cards, it can pay the cost of using protect markers as perfect guards again and again, nullifying countless attacks. Just defending won't win you the game, though, so Aura Thin, as they call it, will have a power powerful attacker to close games with. Alright. So what do we think about this? This is kind of what I assume that they would do with protect anyway. Like, if, since you're basically giving, like, finishers to the other clans, mm-hmm. it only makes sense that for protect, you give them powerful enough attackers... Where, like, like, it doesn't feel, like, as crazy that other people have force in Excel. Yeah. One thing that's kind of... So, in case you're wondering about the Orathin, as they call it, common um, shorthanding names in Japan is to take the first two syllables of each word. Oh. 
interesting. So like, so, so you, you just take, take the first word, take the first two syllables, and the second word, take the second first two syllables, and shove them together, and that that's how you get your shorthand. Oh, okay, so, so like here in the West, it's just like the first couple. It's usually the the letters you make an acronym. Well, I think N-T-T. Pokemon is like the co- most common one, right? So it stands for Pocket Monsters, right? Yeah. Pokemon. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. It's just what they've always done. So, so that's why they call it Oda. I find it interesting that they're keeping Oracle, like they're keeping keywords. It seems like in standard. I don't know if this was made. Well, so we don't know that yet. So they could be writing this with the intention of thinking about premium yeah. or relating in a way that players will understand. But what it really says is that the gift markers from Protect count as cards in hand. So if they print a CEO Amatras, who still has some cards in hand requirement, as she did before, then these Protect markers will count towards such. That's good. But, but need not have the Oracle ability. Yeah. I also think it's interesting that they say, like, we will give them a powerful attacker to close games with. Watch it be, like, a 10k Silent Tom, and we're like, ah, oh, god damn. Let's just again. Except that there are no G-guards, so what does it really do? I mean, imagine that for front row. That's still really good. Yeah. I mean, I think Oracle Think Tank is kind of the clan that everyone knew would have Protect. Like, once they announced the gift, they're like, Oracle Think Tank has to have Protect without even much, like, question. Yeah. I mean, what else? Like, neither Force nor Excel makes sense in this kind of clan. But we did. I think most people didn't understand they would need some kind of powerful uh, rear guard slash vanguard attack, and it doesn't have to be powerful like just power wise. It can like you know not get out guard restriction as well like Silent Tom. Yeah, and that, that would make more sense. On the plus side, at least they they're acknowledging that defense doesn't win you the game, right? Because uh, that seemed to be their strategy beforehand. It was like, okay, now what? <laughs> You drew so many cards, surely you can find a way to win. Well, not if you don't print cards that actually win. Yeah. And I think it was very apparent to Boucherode that, the, like, you did need big, powerful finishers when you see the change from Oracle Think Tank by really just adding one card and GBT, what, 11? Yeah. Or 11. 12? 12. 11. 12. 12. 12. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Uh, GBT 12, where they add just Ikushima, and the whole clan is absurd. Yeah, like, you. you, you... Well, because that was their big thing was they had a you, you you would do great in the early game and then once like the big boss monsters were supposed to come out they just never showed right. up until yeah. H Kashima. Yep. And they made her generic, which means you can do that with anybody, which is great. Premium. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, H Kashima was definitely a great ad, and uh, like you, like it really made it clear how necessary, kind of absurdly powerful finishers were toward the end of Jira. Mm-hmm. So there's another Protect Clan, um, which was kind of a weird Protect Clan. I think most people expected this clan to be Excel, yeah, and that's Blitz and Blue. I, for one, definitely expected Grand Blue to be Excel. Me too, but I think it's just because of how Night Rose worked, where it became like such a crazy multi-attack clan. But like Grand Blue was my first clan, this was like near the beginning of the game, like BTO6, and it was just you make a board with your drop zone and just kind of keep it there, and then if they kill it, you call more things to replace them. It was very kind of slow and zombie-like. So what Boucherod says, and I'm going to paraphrase this, is that uh, since Grand Blue focuses on resurrecting cards from the drop zone, the fact that Protect allows you to discard more cards to guard attacks works with that playstyle, and if you guard with units, you can bring them back and use them offensively. Which is kind of just the underlying, like, obviously thing of Grand Blue. 
and doesn't really explain why the clan is protected necessarily to me. Um, part of it, part of me thinks that because you can't have a disproportionate amount of clans in Excel or Force, you had to just kind of all right, who, who's doing on the chopping block? So well, they, I they, think they're seeing protect as a way to recoup losses that that clans need to necessarily take. Yeah. And so Emblem needs to take some tip, typically needs to take some early game losses to make up advantage later, as in with the calling. Yeah. Because they need stuff to get in the drop zone, and the only way to do that early really is to guard. Otherwise, you're just going to call over stuff and do nothing, which is even worse loss, right? So so guarding is kind of the most efficient way to put units in a drop zone. Yeah. And so they're seeing it as a recoup of that early loss is to be protect. I think another thing is that Grand Blue and Pale Moon often get saddled together in terms of how they work because they're calling things from a place, Soul and Drop Zone. They're Paladins. They're Drop Zone Paladins. Soul Paladins, yeah, exactly. So th- their their uh, their criticism was just like these are too similar, and Grand Blue is objectively better because when you use cards, they go into the place you're calling them from. Versus in Pale Moon, like that was a big deal of why Night Rose was so good for you know the time it was on top. But now I think they're trying to kind of, you know, differentiate the two from each other because Pale Moon is an Excel clan, which we'll get to later. But, uh, you know, making, like, Excel and Protect are the two opposite ends of the spectrum, right? And with Force in the middle. Right. So just, I think having the it be Protect is both a, I guess, ideological reason as well as a mechanical reason. Fair enough. For now. We won't know uh, kind of the big picture stuff until we see, like, Cards. The cards will start printing. Yeah. But I think this does tell us a lot about what they're thinking about and what they've learned through G-Era. Like, this isn't... Holy crap, they learned back stuff. Back when we first started, we, it was very apparent. We sure just had no idea what they wanted to do with anything. Yeah. Kind of throwing shit at the wall to see what stuck. It was like, it was like a Mel Brooks movie in card game form. <laughs> Wait, which movie are you thinking of specifically? It doesn't matter. I, I just want to know what popped into your head. It doesn't matter. Okay, right. whatever. Fine. That's but like, be. they were just like, okay, one clan will do this, 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 and or you know, like we'll just have this clan do like five different things, and like none of them, some of them may not work together, right? You, especially toward the beginning of Little Break there, when they're like, let's add these archetypes that have like your own unique thing, like we're gonna add seal dragons, which are gonna care about grade twos. And everyone was like, why? Well, because they wanted to kind of inject sub clans into the game, and then that was odd, right? Like some of them made sense, where it, uh, most of it just had to do with brand name, basically, like, you got a counterblast, the Jewel Knight, or you call mm. a Liberator, or whatever. A lot of people would be very upset about, like, their, quote, favorite cards, end quote, from G-Era, not going to be playable and standard. And personally, A, you shouldn't give a shit, because... You have premium. Because eventually, those cards are going to be forced rotated out anyway. And B, you can play them in premium, but the real key is that the generic support that clans have gotten throughout G-Era era are going to be more valuable in premium than the archetype-specific, like, say, Night Rose support. Yeah. So, for ex- like, Ichikoshima is going to be wacky, though. Yeah. Yeah, Ichikoshima is going to be nutty in, 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 in premium because you're going to get the new OTT support and can still use Ichikoshima. Yeah. That's great. It's, uh, but, like... Cards that need specifically uh, an Oracle Vanguard or cards that need, like, specifically Night Rose are not going to be as valuable. Yeah. I think one thing that will help are clans that got strides with that name. 
because you can still use your your gift grade threes, and then be like, like for example, let's go with uh, like Tachikaze. All right, so I I want to run Paris Launcher, the Heart Thumb clone, but I have two strides with Gaia in their name, which means I can still use the card. True, but you might just not want to run Paris Launcher because it's only a ten k shield. That's true. I mean, who knows? It, there, there's uh. There's going to be like we're going to ha- we have a lot of thinking to do when mm-hmm. we start getting more reveals and I'm g- we're, like just a fair warning to people who watch the Nexus Core YouTube channel we're going to be really stupid for a really long time cuz we're going to be like does this work does I don't I don't get it like <laughs> yeah. Read reading the card explains the card as a not so much the effect but just like the big picture because there's there's so many things happening all at once Everything's got like more power and shield to it, which means that the convention of like you know 10k shields and that kind of thing is just kind of off. It's 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 a transition period. That's just how it is. Uh, The next one, so Royal Paladin, which is a Force Clan, uh, Force synergizes with Royal Paladin's overall strategy of calling rear guards from the deck, as those rear guards then have a basic power bonus to work with, even when they're not boosted. Doubling up on the number of force markers on one circle is recommended, making rear guards that are as threatening as the vanguard. I find that whenever Bushiroad directly recommends something to you, it's often like, I don't think this is actually the best idea, but... Well, for here, it's really the only choice, right? Yeah. So, putting force markers on vanguard circle is going to be a very niche thing. Because your vanguard is generally going to be fairly substantially large on its own. Yeah. So there might be only certain situations where you even feel like putting a force marker there. Yeah. I feel like the... So Bushir's recommendation here is kind of the most obvious thing. Well, I, I would split it between the two front rows, probably. Um, but... That depends. So if you plan on recalling the same circle in Royal Paladin, like this could happen, right? Yeah. Then putting it both on the same space is very powerful. Makes sense. Because then you're getting, then you're so instead of going plus ten plus ten plus ten, you're maybe going plus twenty plus zero plus twenty, which is yeah. more power. I guess so. Um, and uh, like Royal Paladin is the most straightforward clan, and this is the most straightforward example or reasoning. So I think when they made Force, they had the Paladins in mind. For sure. Yeah. And what I think about um, maybe what they're telling us here with Royal Paladin saying to stack on one circle. Notice how I said that was plus 20, plus 0, plus 20 for an extra attack in front row? Yeah. Where it's only plus 10, plus 10, plus 10 if there's no front attack? If there's no front attack, it's it's the same, right? Except that you have trigger, except triggers would make an advantage you want to put on the other circle. Yeah. So this might be subtly telling us that there is superior calling in the battleface world out I mean, it's not, it's been done before, kind of. Right, but, but I'm, I'm saying, saying that that's something in standard that would be that would that would be important to know. Yeah, this would actually be very brave esque. Like brave was probably the the archetype of royal paladin that did the most battle phase calling. So mm-hmm. maybe this is a way to kind of bridge the gap between the two. Yep. But I'm just saying, like that's something that we can key in from their recommend. Like if they know how the game is played, which we presume that they do, although not 100. Um, percent then this the recommendation would imply would not directly imply it but hint at it. Yeah. So So next week kind we have is Spike Brothers. High proof. For I, for I think that uh if you're if you're not thinking you would want them to be an Excel clan, and if you are thinking you'd want them to be a force clan. 
I mean, well, I, I wasn't thinking, so I never think, right. apparently. <laughs> well, I mean, you just think Excel. You want to call stuff, except that in Spikes, you want to call stuff in the same spot because they leave, so it doesn't matter that you have more circles and stuff. Yeah, okay. I mean, with... with Every time, like, like when I thought of Excel, I was thinking of Laser Blackguard, which means the thing you call can't be on the circle he was on. That's yeah, why I, I was like, ah, oh, dude, can I just have another circle in the front? Well, you uh, two circles, you're good. <laughs> anyway, continue. Sorry. Spike Brothers, if you, if once you know Spike Brothers are Force, you can immediately see how Force is very good. A lot of Spike Brothers play is just recalling units to the same spot over and over again until your opponent dies. And this has been true for a very long time. And so Audrey's just going to stack two force markers on a spot and keep slamming units in it. Yeah. That's going to be great. Do you think, do you think it's going to be like the... Um, what am I thinking of? Uh, the Odal thing, where you just go boom, 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 boom. Okay, you're dead. From, like, from Legion era? Unsure. But I do think they will make spikes some of a, somewhat of a combo clan. Yeah, it's really I, hard to create spikes in a way where they're not at least, like, make them playable and them not be a combo clan, like, just because the, the how spikes diminish resources when you attack is yeah. kind of makes it, it make it, makes it necessary. I mean, the trade-off is that you get to call whatever you want. It's search deck for a card. Call it. Right, but, you know, the slight marginal upside of picking what card you want versus oil pads where maybe you have to call a specific card is not worth the, the like, putting a card from hand into soul set. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, like, that's not quite the same. They always reminded me of, uh, any Yu-Gi-Oh fans out there, uh, Gladiator Beasts. Because not only just the tagging out part, but also you have whatever you want for any given situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but they are incredibly similar to Gladiator Beasts, except uh, better in the sense that uh, Cherry was not restricted here. Fucking War, war Chariot was, like, I had nightmares about War Chariot when I was playing competitively. <laughs> like, just... <laughs> I actually have no idea if, war, if Chariot is still restricted. I imagine no, because nobody cares anymore. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Like, I remember watching, like, Ben-Hur and being like, like you, you see the DVD case for Chariots of Fire, you're like, no, not again. It's not even about... Yeah, I know, I know. Chariots of Fire is not about fucking chariots, but whatever. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, Okay, fine. You know what doesn't matter, though? Tachikaze. So Tachikaze is an Excel clan, and it says, This is a highly technical clan that superior call of units by retiring them. Okay, I'll stop the list. We're going to push up our glasses during this. <laughs> exactly. Which Excel enhances by giving you additional rear guards to get your timing right with. This clan is also one of the few to have access to front triggers. Now, All right. Oh, I forgot well, to... Sorry, go ahead. This it just sounds like the most dumb shit. Like, you can't play Tachis, it's too complicated for you. <laughs> like, I know, right? Wish you wrote. <laughs> for a clan that's just like, I'm going to eat my friends. It doesn't really, like, that doesn't sound technical. Okay, so I got a lot of questions during G-Era about, like, how certain stuff in Tachis works. Because, like, I don't, I don't know, people just can't read cards, I guess. But, like, I, you know, I would eat my whole field of dogma, and I'd be like, all right. I'm just going to act like I can activate dogma skill first because it doesn't fucking matter which order I do it in. Yeah. Because it says when this unit becomes engorged and when these are retired, these happen at the same time, whatever. Um, and then I'm like, all right, I'm just going to do all this shit. And they're like, okay. It's like, do, don't, don't you have to do that first? I'm like, it doesn't matter. They all in standby at the same time. You just pick what you want. I mean, granted, a lot of Vanguard players are from Yu-Gi-Oh! 
which means that okay. like the whole missing the timing thing is kind of deeply ingrained until you kind of learn. First of all, missing timing isn't work, doesn't exist in Vanguard, so it doesn't I know. matter. I'm just uh, saying. Secondly, um, even if the order did quote matter end quote, there's no decision my opponent can make that would inter- that would change my decision. Yeah, because they don't have any decisions during this time period. That's and true. secondly, Dogma skill doesn't give me any additional information to make decisions with. So there's literally no point in worrying about what order you do it in. Makes sense. It's just, it doesn't matter. But people like to make a big deal out of it. Okay, so a thing about front traders. Um, front traders are pretty much what they sound like. They give you plus power to your front row when they activate. The whole, the whole front row? Okay. The important, the important thing is that, uh, A... That would include your Excel circles. B, that also means they have 15k shield, much like critical triggers now, so that's another thing that we were thinking about before this. So I think, yeah, also fuck stand triggers for Touch Kaze. Stand triggers are terrible, and they're still terrible. And uh, they were definitely terrible in Touch Kaze. Okay, so I should give a little more background to people about stand triggers. So I hate stand triggers a lot, everyone knows this. This is classic uh, Nexus at Night lore. Uh, <laughs> secret, secretly, back in like before break rides, I did play vanilla stands. Leopold? Wait, no, break rides were before that. Never mind. Uh, you know, Zeal, etc. Right. Like, we're, we're actually fine because stands, when you trigger them, were quite good in Zeal and infinitely less good in every time after break rides because you just want your break ride turn to have as many as possible. So, also, Link Joker came out around the time of Break Rides, so that was another thing that like made Stand Traders terrible. Oh yeah, Link Joker's existence does make Stand Traders not great, and that's true. Yeah. So, but even, even if it were just one clan, like, that's not a reason to stop playing them, but nobody plays no Stand Traders, nobody ever will, so it doesn't matter. What I'm wondering is what they mean by uh, giving you additional rearguards to get your timing right with. I think that... They're just assuming that pe- too many people would fuck up the attack order in Tachikaze. Okay. And like, be like, like you went, like you don't, like you almost never attack your Vanguard first, right? Sometimes your Vanguard is like your third attack or some shit. Yeah, it's Tank it's Mammoth, like, thing that eats Tank Mammoth, Tank Mammoth again, Vanguard, everybody calls back. Tank yeah. Mammoth, thing that eats Tank Mammoth, Tank Mammoth. It's not hard. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's if you have that set up right. Yeah. But assuming like your cards interact differently. Or, like, you don't have counter blasts and still want to come up with interesting things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just don't know what this means. So it means there's going to be really, maybe some really weird, like, eating shit during the battle phase for Tachikaze. I, I just don't know what they mean by this. It's very awkward. So there's also this clan that uh, Atlas skipped over because he just really wanted to talk about Tachikaze. Just Shadow Paladin. Oh my god, I totally skipped over Shadow Paladin. So, uh, it's true, I do want to talk about Tachikaze. So, Shadow Paladin is the same shit. You call stuff from the deck, the to your Vanguard, whatever. Um, so, you have a couple options. You can just slam Force Triggers on Rearguard. It's, it's Force, by the way. Shadow Paladin is Force, like every other fucking Paladin that we know. Uh, Gold Paladins cannot be Force. We don't actually know this yet, right? Yeah, I mean, I, in my head, I'm thinking it's Excel. But I'm not sure. We could... But I'm going to say Force, because the other two Paladins are Force, so it only makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, you power up the Vanguard. Uh, it strengthens Rearguards, and then you can sacrifice them to make your Vanguard bigger. So, this client, I think, is vaguely interesting, like, where you care about putting power for your, uh, for your force triggers, because, like, you're just gonna, like, 
Shadow Paladin is not a clan that generates multiple attacks very often, yeah. right? So, like, you're just going to make another column that's, that has, like, you know, another substantial rearguard attack, or substantial rearguard attack, or you're just going to have, like, a bigger vanguard. And this is going to depend a lot about what kind of unit Shadow Paladin gets. Yeah. Like, if they get something with, you know, even a guard restrict, right, then the vanguard becomes a lot more appealing, especially in matchups against non-protect clans. Yeah. But where maybe against protect clans putting on rearguard is more appealing. So we'll see. This is a little clan. I'm like not really sure what what their plan is. Yeah, like I feel like Shadow Paladin benefits very little from uh, gift markers in general. Yeah, I think it's because like Luard near the end had more uh, like rearguard stuff going on. And this is a clan that's like generally very advantage heavy. So like. Giving them protect doesn't make sense. Yeah, and Excel definitely doesn't make sense. So I guess they're kind of shoehorned into into force, but it doesn't feel great to me. Yeah, like I, Shadow, I, I had a lot of fun with Shadow Paladin, like you know, back when I with Phantom Blaster Ruler. But uh, that was that was, that deck did not aim to even try to kill their opponent. What was the aim then? Deck them out? Just, yeah, you just sat there. And eventually, they would they would die because they would call too much stuff to try to kill you. Or you would uh, you deck them out? Makes sense. Um, yeah, I'd, it was definitely like what what would you have done? Let's say you got to make your own gift. What what do you think would have fit in there? Uh, I mean, like I said, of course, it's the only that makes sense. Yeah, because like the other two just definitely don't. Yeah, like you could make them a protect clan. That would be very interesting. I mean, it 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 also means you would have to do more aggressive stuff with it with rear guards in order to kind of balance that out because then Which you would make sense either yeah because then you're just increasing cost of shadow paladins for not much for like to make a gift make sense which is dumb yeah it would be interesting if they made shadows protect and made bull paladin excel and then you would have a paladin on each gift yeah, that would have made too much sense, but here we are. <laughs> that would have, did you say that would have made too much sense, or that wouldn't have? I think that would I think that would have made too much sense, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I have it, Shadow Paladin's Force, and who knows what the fuck they'll do with it. Yeah. Uh, well, there's Mega Colony and Protect, which uh, says, This clan focuses on preventing your opponent's units from standing, controlling their board by reducing their number of attacks each turn, and reducing their hand size by forcing them to call over paralyzed units. Protect keeps the opponent on total lockdown as whatever they attack they can make is negated. All right, yeah. this is the dumbest show I've ever heard in my life. I know. Right, no. This shows that they somehow still don't understand Mega Colony. Because the problem is that... So, yes, it does, quote, reduce the number of attacks, but it also doesn't force them to call over paralyzed units. Yeah. You could just not care. They, they either, like, you know, with GRA, it was just like everybody's got a freaking restander, or uh, you're against a clan that just doesn't care about rearguards, you know, being paralyzed. They're like, all right, I'm going to call more from the drop zone and call over them, and they're back in the drop zone where I want them. Or just, like, attack with Masquerade, Harry, pull them in. What does it matter? And then I noticed that, like, for, for a moment there, they kind of flirted with the idea of, like, mate, you know, skill draining stuff. We're like, okay, this can't be picked by triggers or effects or anything. Okay, then what? You know? And then lastly, they, they focused on resources, like with uh, with Gridora, which I think is definitely something that would, like, it would benefit them to kind of work on that. 
So, if we look at the end of G era, kind of the main problem with Mega Colony, I guess before really the Zoo Booster, like even if people thought Mega Colony was like really strong, their problem was that they couldn't end games. Yeah, and they still don't have a vision of ending games with Vanguard B. So far. Well, not with Protect. Now, imagine a world where Shadow Paladin is Protect and just have a bunch of... and just gets really fucking beefy Vanguards. Yeah. Like, by skills, and Mega Colony is Force. That would actually be better. Right? Yeah. Like, now Mega Colony has, like, pressure somewhere. But now they just have Protect, and and if they don't give them really beefy Vanguards and Rearguards, which doesn't really fit in Mega Colony's wheelhouse, then they're just kind of dead. They're just kind of doomed. I think it would be nice if they had, like, like a, a Dark Faces GB2. Like, you pick a circle, and the next time something's called there, it's rested. Like, tripping stuff is real, is a very interesting effect. Right. And that actually feels like a control plan to do that. Okay, this sir, the next time you call something there, it gets tripped. But, but again, quote, control, end quote, clans, and you still need to win the game. Yes, that's true. How do how do uh, control decks in um, in Magic win games? They cast really powerful cards that just basically your opponent can't turn back, like turn the tide from. Gotcha. So, so the current so a current control deck in standard right now for Magic. This is standard in Magic, not standard in Vanguard. Yeah, it's called Approach, and it casts a seven mana sorcery called Approach from the Second Sun. And if it, it, when you cast it, it goes back to the seventh card on top of your deck. And then if you cast if you cast that spell again, if you've already cast that spell, so when you cast it the second time, you just win the game. Oh, that's interesting. So you or like Final Countdown from Yu-Gi-Oh. Or yeah, sure. yeah, no, but no, but just like the other, the other top control deck just plays this guy called the Scarab God, and basically you get to a bunch of lands in play. You cast the Scarab God, reanimate a bunch of your opponent's creatures, and then they just can't like can't can't come back from it. Makes sense. Because it's like too big, too big an advantage thing. Because, like, you're basically on even, quote-unquote, but your opponent's drawing in cards. And they're like, cast air, and make sure your guys go. And you're like, well, I guess I lose. So that, that's how that's how uh, magic control decks work, is that they just, you know. Mm. I mean, like, they win the game very fast when they start to win the game. It seems like Overwhelm was, like, a good start, kind of. You know? Yeah. And their, their GB8 makes sense with what they're doing. It's just that it's GB8. Like, if they made him GB4, it would have been... Awesome, because then you can be like, "All right, you're not, you know, I'm drawing a bunch of cards. You're like, you're not calling as many things, and then now, whole field's big. You can't intercept. All of your effects are negated. Suck it. Like, I, mean, I think one of the problems, before, at least before the zoo booster, was like, like I guess it's even before like uh, the GBA, right? Yeah, is even if they had all your stuff where it was like stunned and they were going to draw cards, it Drawing cards in Vanguard doesn't inherently mean you gain like you gain power. Yeah, like your attack turns don't become any stronger because you have a million cards in it. In fact, it's at a certain entirely, point, it's entirely limited by the number of rearguard circles you have and the amount, the ability on your Vanguard circle, and possibly abilities on your rearguard circles if you your clan is fortunate enough to have them. Like without those abilities to make more attacks or more power, your turns don't get any stronger. It doesn't matter if you have a hundred cards in hand or zero. Mm-hmm. So. I think that was uh, kind of the major issue. Like you, like you can draw the cards you want, man. Tell me you can't actually kill me. Makes sense. So, whatever. So the other clan that Alice again forgot is Aquaforce. 
Oh, for fuck's sake. God damn it. Okay. Uh, yeah. So everyone knows that Aquaforce just makes a bunch of extra attacks by changing columns, restanding neuters, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, you make more attacks, you make you get th- more of them. Okay, wait. It says, so resolve skills on number of attacks, blah, blah, blah. Um... The additional power makes those attacks matter more, as opposed to Tidal Assault swinging for 16 and then 4,000 at 13k bases in BTO9 format. I'm not, I'm not sure, sure what they're talking about, because Tidal Assault was not a thing that existed. I think they mean, like, cross rides being a big deal, but... Right, but why Tidal Assault? Because Tidal Assault wasn't until GBT13, right? Or BT13, right? Yes. Be sure, please. Yeah. All right, well... The po- the, we under- well, either way, we understand their point. Yes. Like, 13k bases were a big deal in Japan uh, at the BT9, a GBT9. Like, people still play PBO. Yeah. Right? Uh, and a card that even swung for, you know, 11-11. Like, let's say, you know, you had Diamantes, right? Yeah. And you'd be like, all right, swap columns, attack for 11, attack for 11. That didn't matter if your opponent was 13k base. Yeah. This was kind of a big issue with uh, Aquaforce for a long time. Uh, at least, at least during that time period, just because like, cool, my attacks don't do anything against like this entire deck. Yeah, I mean like, Valio seemed like a very, very, very late fix to a problem. Definitely. Um, and then al- uh, also, uh, Aquaforce is also getting front triggers. Sure. So cool, I guess. And I don't know having having a nineteen k and then a fourteen k. Title Assault sounds pretty enticing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in this kind of new world, you would have a, a 10k title, right? Yeah. And then you have a five, uh, 8k booster behind it of some kind. And then it would resand, lose 5k, so it would be a 5k plus 8 at 13 plus second attack. So you need to give it some power on the first attack, right? Mm-hmm. And then you could boost it for the second attack. I mean, for the if it's on an Excel circle, then it's 20 and then... Mm-hmm. You know. So twenty, well, twenty, well, then it can be boosted, right? But it go to twenty fifteen. Yeah, that's pretty Fine. good. Um, and then also, yeah, also if you if you have front triggers, that's helpful because that means you don't have to be like, ooh, only one of these can hit. Everybody can this time, right? And so one dynamic this changes, especially if things don't reset. Like if your vanguard's not reset, if things are resetting themselves, then this makes it kind of awkward for um, front triggers, in the, like in the sense that you'll want uh, vanguard attacks first. Because you don't want to attack with, like, two of your front rows and then attack with Vanguard to the front if he's not standing anything. So you, it's going to depend a lot on Vanguard skills for attack orders. I think they so might have to... Or, and if, you know, you need, like, fourth attack plus Vanguards, it could be that front triggers aren't even that good in Aquabos. Who knows? Could be. Like, I, I feel like they would have to kind of reverse the dynamic of usually the Vanguard had the fourth time or more, or, like, third time or more. Right, but he's going to need that. If he has that, then he's going to need to stand stuff along with it. So it's going to need to look like Lambros yeah. rather than something like Maelstrom. Exactly. So, I mean, as effects, it could be Maelstrom with a Lambros skill slapped on. I don't actually give a fuck. But it just needs to look like. <laughs> the skill needs to look like Lambros. All right. I'm pretty sure I'm not skipping something this time. Dark Irregulars, it said the old image of DI as a Protect clan would be Blade Wing. Oh my god, they're actually paying attention. But what kind of ability could that become in the new series? <coughs> the old DI was themed around increasing power by increasing the soul, and with Protect, they can become a soul charge to increase power deck that does not run Sentinels. 
Protect eliminates the risk of never seeing a perfect guard due to soul charging it. That is something I did not even think about. Okay, so back in old DI, it was very common for you to just not see triggers because you soul charge them all, and coincidentally not see perfect guards because you soul charge them all. Yeah. This is a very common problem in old DI, but if you play DI recently, you probably never encountered this problem in your fucking life. Well, yeah, because because all the PGs are like, all right, I'm gonna pull one out of the soul. Thanks, buddy. Like, even if you're playing closet balloon, right? You have that other guy that like pulls it out of soul anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's like you just in recent DI, I guess like after GBT what twelve or whatever, fourteen, for whatever the fuck DI was in, like no one even gave a fuck. Like even after you got sucky with avarice, whatever set that was. Nobody GPT six or something eight eight whatever all right nobody gave a fuck after that right because you would always have a perfect guard whether you wanted one or not you'd be like oh I soul charged it great yeah. <laughs> my yeah. hand real quick yeah. I got, but uh, I got three of them okay <laughs> but before it was a very big issue especially like you know when your your opponent was break riding you you need to have a perfect guard like fairly reasonably quickly and then you just see two go to soul charge or like take one to damage soul charge two of them and you're like well. Game. Yeah, um, but uh, this is actually a. I think makes a lot of sense, especially since power was not a problem dark regulars had, and the rear guards don't matter. For the like most dark part, regulars no. is a clan where you call a rear guard, and it's basically a vanilla. Now. More or less, I mean, all it does the thing, and then it's done. You have to it. Yeah, and then usually, like when you're powering them up, it's through other mean, like from the vanguard anyway. Right. Um, or you have one regard that you call on the turn you need it, like Doreen the Thruster of all. Yeah, or, or, or yeah, just like a lot of the things are for the soul charging. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I think it's fine in that the the whole like soul threshold count thing is is perfectly fine because it helps differentiate them from Pale Moon. Because right. DIs are passive soul charging. Okay, I have this number. Cool, I can do stuff. Pale Moon is active soul charging where you're like, I want these six things in my soul so I can do shit. What's funny is, like, DI there was just better Pale Moon. For when? Uh, when you had Blade Wings and Giera, it was, like, a better Pale Moon. I mean, everything was a better Pale Moon. <laughs> Enigmatic Assassin was a better Pale Moon than Pale Moon. That's what I was referring to. Oh. Cool, I guess. I mean, I'm I'm just so annoyed that they did that. And then that just basically became the mascot of the clan for, what, six sets or so? Did it. <laughs> and then I'm like, where's my love? And then they gave us Masquerade Master Harry. I'm like, all right, I, I forgive you. Um, all right. So there's also um, the clan, the other clan that we've seen, actually seen cards for. Yeah. Um, Kagero is Force. So both of the starting clans, i.e. the Kai IG clans, are Force. That's um, fine. I mean, Kagero also fits like a glove in the Force. So they mentioned some BS about Kagero being a control deck, which is... No, it is not. not but... It's like... it's like You just punch your opponent in the face till they die. That's what Kagero does. <laughs> and Force makes sense because it lets you punch your opponent in the face harder. With what? Well, Draconic Overlord. And then we actually have the skill of the new Draconic Overlord, which yeah. is like, it hits. You can counterblast one, discard two, restand the fucker. And it loses and it, a drive check, but... It loses a drive check. And I think the drive minus one is a lot more clear than loses twin drive. So if you look at the old Dragonic Overlord, it says, and this unit loses the twin drive ability, as in referencing the ability in the upper left corner. Yeah. 
Which was like, does it still get a drive check or does it lose all of its drive? Makes sense. <laughs> but if you're a Vanguard, so it still gets one, right? Yeah. Well, if you're Vanguard, then it still gets one. If it's a Rearguard, it just restands a bunch of time for no reason. Mm-hmm. But the this one just says drive minus one, which is like fun. And it also has the ability you can soul blast one and give it 10k. Which is also sweet. So Kagero could just make a really giant Vanguard, or you can, you know, make a um, make a rear guard that does some stuff. Oh, they also got a new grade 2. It's like a grade 2 10k, but it can't attack on Vanguard Circle. So on Vanguard Circle, just can't attack at all. But when you when you, one of your units rides it, you can counter blast one, and uh, the unit that rides it gets like 5k to crit. You also draw a card. So oh, makes... you also draw a card. Okay, yeah. Sorry, I forgot to draw a card. Yeah. You draw a card, and the unit gets 5k to crit. I mean, there was an old version of this where it was the same thing. Except you didn't get the draw, which uh, was dumb, because then you just literally just gave up a turn of drive checking. I mean, you can just imagine where you like, ride your dying overload on this guy, have two counter blasts, and your opponent's dumb. Uh, your opponent being dumb is necessary for the situation to work. Uh, so you ride this guy, your opponent's like, oh, I can't attack, <laughs> sucks. Attack you a bunch, whatever. And then uh, you go, okay, I'm going to ride, counter blast one, draw a card, five, get a crit. Uh, force marker on Vanguard Circle, soul blast one, Vanguard Circle, I have 38k in a crit. More, more, more like Swolverlord, am I right? <laughs> all right. <laughs> you know, you're just like, all right, attack for 38k to your 10. And they're like, all right, PG. And you're like, never mind, go ahead. <laughs> never mind, go ahead. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's pretty strong if they don't have a PG, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's say but, you're playing against a Protect Clan and they got to grade 3 first. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, whatever. So this plan is a uh, Dimension Police and also Force. I'm stealing this one. Oh, take it. Go for it. I, I just, All right, so yeah. uh, Dimension Police revol- uh, So obviously Dimension Police just revolves around piling up whatever your Vanguard is. This has been true for literally since the beginning of time, except Zeal. Um, and so I, I, once I say reveal the markers, I'm like, sweet, Dimension Police gets Force, whatever. <laughs> like, it wasn't even a question. Yeah. But what they do say is it's going to be a Commander Laurel-type Vanguard stand ability in the future. I don't care what it is I'm playing this card. Watch it be like Commander Laurel D again. Stop. That card's <laughs> awful. Never bring Commander Laurel D in my presence. <laughs> original Commander Laurel. Oh, that'd be so spicy. Now, you know what's great about this is that because of the, the flexibility of Force, if your Vanguard is like easily powered up, you can just do it. Give it to your rear guard circle, and now your rear guard circles aren't complete ass mm-hmm. most of the time. Anyway, hopefully. I uh, mean, our rear guards don't matter, so it doesn't matter. Like yeah. you can be like, "Cool, now I can make this twenty-eight column," and you'll be like, "Sweet," or something. Let's see. Uh, next is Nova Grappler, which is Excel. I don't even need to mention that. They even say that this clan's theme is attacking multiple times with power for rear guards, so Excel is an obvious match. I think Bushiro just got snarky with me. The issue, the issue promises that front triggers are going to be a big deal for Nova Grappler. Eh, interesting. I mean, I'm pretty sure when they thought of Excel, they were like, Nova Grappler, exactly, that works. Right. So, whatever, it's just, I don't, there's not really much to add to this, it's just cool, Nova Grappler, Excel. Alright, so then there's this other clan, which is possibly the worst clan in the game right now. You poor bastard. Uh, it's called Murakuma, and uh, they say the Murakuma strategy is to call, quote, shadow clones, 
you know, we've, we've all seen at least one episode of Naruto. And, uh, and of units already on field from the deck, and then it's on the bottom deck in the end phase. So you like fake hull stuff. And it's supposed to be cheaper, except it wasn't actually cheaper for a long time. You just had less power for some. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so, and pr- so you just hold them for the next turn, and then next turn, hopefully that unit on field is still alive, and then you get to do it again, right? And then, um, however, up to the end of G-Series, there's a further emphasis on attacking from the back row. Okay. Due to the nature of Excel creating additional front row circles, this is no longer possible. That's fine. That's completely fine. It's just you had to make decks get extra attacks somehow, and with the limited space, the back row attacking was necessary, but no longer is necessary, is what they're saying. Um, so there's also possible run a circle to call to, unless the Murakumo fighter deliberately held back. Which is like, what, you and three people in Minnesota? Right, like, no, nobody plays Murakumo, that's fine. And then Excel fixes the slaw by ensuring there's always a new empty circle every time you ride a grade three. So basically, you could. So basically, you want your ride rate grade three to grade three like twice, and have four circles and like shadow clone all in the front row. It'd be great, which is fine. I think their analysis is correct, uh, except that Merkum, they forgot the part where Merkum was terrible. Okay, two things well, about this. They actually mentioned Merkum being terrible by saying we have to hold back, but. That's not actually why it's terrible. It's because the cards suck. But they, yeah, they they make it sound like it's your fault, though. <laughs> right? They do. They do. They the, do. The, so Boucher wrote victim blaming twenty eighteen. <laughs> I mean, it's not directly victim blaming, but yeah. it is like yeah, everyone knows it's not very good. Basically. Yeah. My favorite thing about this is a. I think this has the longest explanation of any of the. Looking at it, yeah. In terms of like lines taken up, they have the longest explanation. Which means they have to, like, justify it to us. No, guys, this is going to be great. This is a good idea. And then on top of that, they're, like, they're, I guess, advertisement of Murakumo when it first came out was like, oh, you don't have to use cards from your hand, so that's good. And then, but the problem was, like, that didn't matter. So I think, I hope they don't make the same mistake again by not giving you guys any outright advantage because Neo Nectar was just Murakumo done correctly. You called the same name as whatever's already on the board, and then with Neonectar, they had recycling things, so calling over stuff didn't matter. Mm-hmm. That was it, basically. Um, I, I I just really hope they, they do something with it. Murakumo has been basically screwed from the beginning just because of its origin, which was... You know, Nubatama was a BTO1 clan. Bushiro had realized how broken it was. They discontinued it, made Murakumo as its own clan, then went back to Nubatama, and then, like, the kind of design space got pulled in two different directions. Oh, but you do get to see random Murakumo cards that seem like Nubatama cards. Yeah. And kept that for some reason, uh, like, really late, and you were like, well, why? I don't know. There's five Nubatama, and they still keep cards in Murakumo that, like, act like Nubatama cards? Yeah. Please stop. Well, like... Uh, Zanbaku. Yeah, that whole Dueling Dragons arc site. Yeah. Could not exist. How about that? So the last one that we know of is Pale Moon, which is also an Excel clan. Um, it says, since Pale Moon attacks multiple times by pulling cards in and out of the soul during battle, Excel's power boost and additional circle is a good fit for the clan's technical playstyle. You can also use the additional circle to play around situations where you would have originally retired units that you would call over. Fucking thank you. 
That is the biggest problem. Like, all right, I'm going to boost with Betty, call a new, like, you know, Periton or something. I have to call over Betty now? That sucks. Yeah, the kind of way you pressed extra attacks and penalty moving toward the end of GR was just like, well, without the new Harry, was you just call over your own shit. Even I guess even with the new Harry. You just call over your own shit, and then you're like, all right, I'm going to make two new columns, but I'm going to lose these two whatevers. Heritage, probably. Yeah. And, and then you're like, well, I hope this kills them, because otherwise I'm just losing resources. I mean, at least, with, like, Brave did that, too, but it at least made sense, and also you were calling from the deck. Well, Brave could also, like, first stride poop, so. Could also first Probably, stride what? Like, poop on your opponent. Yeah. Because well, all stuff like, GG1, and you're like, whatever. Yeah, with I mean. Not even the case. You'd, like, wait. I mean, like, the new the new Harry stuff is pretty, like, it's, it's. Like, Pale Moon's topping now and then because of the new Harry, which is great. I'm okay with that. But I feel like making this an Excel plan is, is just absolutely perfect, and it, it's great. Um, you might actually be able to get 14 attacks. Are you ever going to let that go? No. <laughs> sure won't. Oh, my God. I don't even remember who it was. I just remember <laughs> what they said. <laughs> Do you remember where it was? Yeah, it was on the subreddit. That means we can find it feasibly. I, no, I don't want to know. It's, it's going to ruin the magic. Do I don't want to give this person. Know. If I want Moon this can person do fourteen attacks, okay, like this, right. it's like this. I want the person. I want people to know that some person said it, but not know who it was because I don't want to give them any publicity. That's fair. I, I just want to know who it was to see if they listened to this podcast because we've probably been mocking this person for like what a year plus. If they're still listening, good for them. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! It's my competitive deck. I can't tell you how to do it. <laughs> my look, <laughs> Commander Jaime found a way to do twelve attacks with Grand Blue, and he showed us. Uh huh. And this person is just—I can do fourteen attacks with Pale Moon. Involves Millward, and then says, "I won't show you," which already means it involves like three on hits. Yeah. Which is like what? So it's like, uh, please. I mean, in in that case, if it requires on hits, then Silverthorn can have infinite attacks. I don't know. I mean, so is it even impressive if it requires on hits? I mean, I can do yeah. I can do first stride seven attacks with Harry. But can you do grade on grade three infinite attacks with Silverthorn? I don't know. Not you can. Sure. I'm saying you can as I long know. as you think. Yeah. Um. See. Oh. Oh my God. There's more to that uh, to that paragraph. So maybe Pale Moon is the longest. Additionally, the article recommends taking advantage of Pale Moon's unique characteristics in premium standard format, where fighters will have access yeah. to the G Zone as well as gifts. It makes special mention of Masquerade Master Harry and Millward. Harry can call up to three units from Soul on attack, making use of the front row rearguard circles, and Millward calls two units out of the Soul in the main phase, which can likewise make use of that fourth or fifth circle. The power buffs from these cards also help compensate for the lack of boost on Excel circles. Right. Nothing new with that. Um, I mean, it's telling you that you can do cool stuff with Excel. And it's great because the Harry and Moward don't really need, like... Like, you don't need, like, a Harry to do a lot of the shit in Pale Moon. Yeah. You do, like, a lot... Some of the better, like, the worst cards, like... QD Paratrooper's not that good. Yeah. It's, it's just, like, fine. But it's an easily cuttable card. 
I already and, cut it. Actually, all right, good, good. And it's, it's like, and there's art, like plenty of the stuff that's like excellent in Pale Moon doesn't even need Harry. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty easy to switch to whatever new thing they give you. It's the only thing that Harry did was made it really easy to make a board. So as long as you have that option, it, his role is kind of fulfilled. Yeah, makes sense. But uh, yeah. So there are ten claims that we don't know. Yeah. Now, it's pretty funny. So, but we can assume that some of them. We can probably assume a few of them. Yeah. So one uh, guess it, uh, or speculation, I guess, was uh, so Living Proof put this out a few weeks ago. So there are three Excel and Protect clans left, and four Force clans left. They've confirmed that. So. His guesses are for Excel, Gold Paladin, Genesis, and Neo Nectar. Force Ooh. is Bermuda Triangle, Narakami, Great Nature, and Gear Chronicle. And Protect is Link Joker, Angel Feather, and Nubatama. Now, me speaking personally, I would probably switch Nubatama with uh, Gear Chronicle with Genesis. Genesis and Excel? Why? Exactly. So I, I would I would put Genesis in either Force or Protect, Nubatama in Excel, and uh, Gear Chronicle in the remaining spot. So, like a lot, some of these make sense. Like Bermuda Triangle Gold and Excel Nar- does make sense, right? Like it's really hard to not put Gold Pound in Excel. Yeah, even with the other other two in Force, I just can't see putting Gold Pound in Excel, especially since a clan like. Uh, Great nature will almost always almost has to be forced. I could see it being protect. That's what a lot of people say. I'm like forty percent, like I'm sixty forty on force versus protect with great nature. Oh god, why? It's so much more like force to me than protect. To yeah, but like, I, it's definitely one of the more flexible things to not be where we think it's going to be. Right. I was thinking BT would be protect. I could see that. Bouncing things to your hands. Protect is the only gift that is A, consumable, and B, goes into your hand. Right. Um, and then, like, force would be, like, Naru, uh, GN, Genesis, maybe. Yeah. Force is such a kind of catch-all gift that you can kind of put anything in there, and it would, for the most part, make sense. Yeah. Gear Chronicle could it, so Gear Chronicle is an interesting one. It could either be Excel or Force. Yeah. Because like it just depends how they want to design the clan, right? So if they want to design a clan where it is like still time leapy, then Force can make a lot of sense. But so can Protect, or sorry, so can Excel. Yeah. It just depends how what kind of skills they want to give to new Gear Chronicle units. I mean, Gear Chronicle is already kind of Paladin esque to begin with. Right, so, so both kind of make sense, right? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I would be like very interested in Gold Paladin landing in Excel. Right. It just it makes it, a lot of sense. What? It makes a lot of sense. Like usually, there's like a lot of already powering up by themselves, so they don't really need force, but they just need additional spaces to attack, push it. Yeah, and then on top of that, the the color that represents Excel is fucking yellow. How can you not? <laughs> I mean, then you can make the same argument for oil palette. Oh, yeah, to an extent. But just the, like, Wait, oil palette. Royal, royal, royal is not a color, though. Gold is a color. What? Yellow is a color. I, what? Is clear a color, Alice? 
I actually don't know. I said royal, not yellow. Oh, royal? Royal oh. is not a color. Oh, Unless, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like, that's, that's so. Yeah. No, I definitely think that, like, Narukami will be Force. Like, Narukami. Not put Narukami in Force. Yeah, Narukami not being in Force would be almost a travesty, I think. Right? I think Angel's Feather is almost almost always going to be Protect. Same with the Link Joker. Like, yeah, yeah. I think, like, Link Joker and Angel's Feather are, like, shoe in for Protect, right? Yeah. Like, could they, how could they be anything else? And so the, you're looking at the last spot is either GN or BT. Yeah. And it makes more sense to me as BT, but I could definitely, but, you know, I guess we could see it being GN. I guess BT with Force could be really cool. That would be nice. Like, you're Yeah, it could be GN if they decide that BT with Force is super sweet. Dude, pre- uh, premium Great Nature with, like, Crayon Tiger stuff, I would, I, like, I would be so wet. It would be amazing. I was thinking about BT with Force until now, but a lot of the problem I had with, like, how BT multi-attacked before is that you lost any power gains because they went to your hand. Yeah. But oh, that that's interesting. So, yeah, that could, that could make a lot of sense if BT were Force. It would also make it pretty digestible. Digestible? Yeah, like, as, like, a strategy. Oh. Because, like, you're actually playing to win rather than playing to, like... Not die. Yeah. But GN might, they, like, like I said, said, they might have sufficient rear guard power gain where it's not a huge deal. Yeah. Who knows? Um, so that, that that's pretty much all of the news we have this week. We have, like, card reveals and things like that, but I feel like, it, you know, th- that would take too long to do, like, every week its own episode. But for a while, at least, Nexus and Night just is, like, housekeeping shit. Uh, for a while, at least, Nexus at night, we're probably going to be a lot more reactionary in that, like, every week, like, what did Bushiroad reveal about Standard? Because, like, it's more, <coughs> sorry, it's more stuff that nobody knows about at all. There's, like, zero context. Yep. So we're 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 kind of figuring this out with you guys, you listeners, and uh, I think it's going to be a fun discovery for all of us, and... Uh, Stay tuned. Um, I'm hella excited. Me too. Um, what I'm also excited for is for our favorite segment, Can't Believe You Said That. Wait, you're kidding, right? What'd they say? What did they say? Well, this week, uh, this isn't necessarily, this isn't Vanguard related at all, but Can't Believe You Said That doesn't necessarily have to restrict ourselves just to Vanguard-related stuff, because this is, like, a special kind of stupid. Um, so, to some people may know that I do stand-up comedy, and I have friends and that also do stand-up, and uh, this comes from one of my uh, stand-up friends uh, who basically got sexually harassed on Tinder in the dumbest way possible. Um... So I'm not gonna name I'm not gonna name her because maybe she, if she doesn't want this to get out that's fine. So I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna call her Gary because Gary's the pseudonym for everybody. So my female friend Gary got harassed on Tinder and it went something like this: Gary, there you are. You making it through the week all right so far? My God, those things look more fun than a slip and slide on a hot summer day. I'm a huge fan. Then she replies, "Huge fan of." Are you talking about my jugs? And then the guy goes, Yeah, I had to. You need to give your parents a big pat on the back. They did a nice job. Any exciting plans for the weekend yet? And then Gary goes, Ha ha ha, really? We're still chatting after you opened with a boob comment. 
What? But but he gave her a compliment. <laughs> my favorite thing is he goes like, "Oh my god!" Is not only did he like make objectifying comments about her boobs, he then just goes in that. So what do you got planned for the weekend, dude? Fuck you. That's that's awful. All right. So this is a I guess a good time to talk about uh how how to talk to people because yes. apparently some people need this. Um. So. Just because what you say you're, you consider a compliment doesn't mean the person you're talking to is taking it as such. And the whole point of a compliment is how they react to it, not how you think they should react to it. So I see a lot so, of... Sorry, go ahead. So if they react negatively to your, quote, compliment, it's probably not a fucking compliment. Yeah. A lot of people, like, protest to this uh, fact or point of view or whatever you want to call it about uh, compliments by saying, like, well, it's about the intent, right? Yes, but in order, like, I'm betting some people are thinking, well, how do I compliment people without offending them? Here's the best way, like, here's a good rule of thumb. If they have control over the thing you're complimenting them about, that's a good compliment. If it's something they cannot control, that can be offensive depending on what it is. So if you go, hey, I like your skirt, boots, hair, eyelashes, whatever, that's okay because they did that themselves. They dyed their hair, they got that skirt at a thrift store, they, you know, they bought that car, they whatever. But if it's, I like your butt, I had no, like, I had no say in what my butt looks like. It's fantastic. But that's not the point. The point is that I didn't have any control over the shape of my butt. Now, some people might enjoy, like, oh, you got a rockin' butt, cool, thanks. But it's still enough of a risk where if you don't know that person very well, just fucking don't do it. Okay? I mean, so... It's like... It's also the people who say that kind of stuff you also want to be wary about, because men... And I'm going to use mostly men, and people are going to be like, well, not all men, and that's not the fucking point. Uh, The point is that people do it at all. Is that whenever they encounter a situation where maybe their quote compliment isn't taken as nicely they get really fucking upset don't do this you're fucking retarded you should apologize and move on with your fucking life yeah i think part of it is just because it's the people going oh it comes from intent yes but the because that is something that you have to lack empathy to you know make that mistake i guess to an extent. Well, it's also like people can't react to like nuanced emotions, right? Like some, some, like it's very common, like with like cat calling, for instance, like they'll just kind of laugh and say, ha ha ha, thanks and run away and like walk away, right? Yeah. Because they know that that's going to keep them safer. That's true. If they, if they like confront you, they're, they're, they're you know, that's like actively putting themselves in danger and they don't want to do that. So like you have to be able to recognize that sometimes this is not what's going on. Like this is in fact a defensive reaction. Yeah, well. I I don't know if you ever, have you ever seen that video where it's like it's people going out and it's like some big city like you know Pittsburgh or something and they're like filming cat callers and, and t- interviewing them and they interview a guy and it's like do you really think this is a good idea to be do- doing and the guy doesn't really get that he's being interviewed and he's like yeah it's a, it's a great idea and then he does it on camera and then they're all just kind of standing there like you know we're this is like we're making fun of you, right? And he's like, oh, shit. Fuck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, I, I forgot the, the video. Like, if anybody knows what it is, please uh, send it to us at Nexus at Night on Twitter. Um, Basically, don't catcall people. Treat people like human fucking beings. There you go. Yep. And uh, I, like just, I said... Uh, I just said some obvious shit, but it's apparently not obvious. I mean, again, if if you really do have trouble with, like, making compliments that offend people, if they have control over it, they de- if they decided to, do, like, do or make or whatever the thing you're complimenting them on, that is generally a good idea versus something they probably had no say in. Hold on. Let, let me add something, uh, something else to this, right? Try to use only positive words in your compliments. If you have a word that's generally has a negative connotation, just don't include it in your compliment. Like what? Like, like remember that discussion we had where somebody was like, said to some like somebody, some nameless person said to somebody like, "Hey, you don't look like a whore." Like, I as think I remember this vaguely. And I'm just like, what? No one's gonna take that well. Nobody's gonna take that well. There's nobody in the world that would take that well. Yeah. And well, because well, the, the recipient is like, wait, so you looked at me, thought of a whore, and went, yeah, she's not one of those. But, like, why would that <laughs> pop up? You don't, right? look, you don't look like a dinosaur. Like, <laughs> so, basically, make sure they make sense. Like, read them through. Like, how would I feel receiving this? You don't look you know, like a whore. How's the back of my hand taste? You that. Imagine to- somebody told you that. Are like, we, are we, have, have, has Nexus at Night gone from the Vanguard show look, to Anita Sarkeesian to Mr. Rogers? Like, what no, happened? It's like, it's like this. These communities, look, any communities of, like, any communities of people like me need it very badly. Yeah. So, here we are. I mean, look, Whatever. I like to think that the Vanguard community is not that toxic, but... Uh, it's, I mean... Who knows? Gamers? Gamers are the worst. Uh, yeah, I... Like, or fucking Rick and Morty. Like, I'm ashamed to say I like Rick and Morty at this point. To be fair, you need a very... Shut up! <laughs> Get the fuck out. I can't uh, even, like, watch Rick and Morty anymore. That, that, that copy pasta ruined it for me. Did it ruin it? Like, you can't even watch it anymore. I can't even watch it anymore. Wow. I'm done. I, 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 I'm, I, I'm out. Honestly, I, I have to, like, wait for them to come out with new episodes for me to see if that's the case, because I definitely can't rewatch it anymore. Right? Yeah. It's like, oh, every time I see it, I'm, like, thinking about that copypasta, like, oh, God. Yeah. That copypasta literally ruined, the, like, literally made it unable to watch the show, but I don't think it ruined the show. I don't think I'm missing that much anymore. I just think the copypasta was so spot on. Yeah, it was. So, um, man, good times. Well, if you ever a Rick and Morty copy pasta, just Google Rick and Morty copy pasta. It yeah. is quite good. Well, anyway, uh, you, you can find us, like I said, you can find us on Twitter at Nexus at Night. Send us, you know, uh, friend or, you know, like well wishes or cyberbullying or ideas or like if you have screenshots for Can't Believe You Said That, shoot those over or just come come say hi. Uh, or you can find me at Atlas Novak. Find me at, at Wiggums 2G's 2G's. Oh yeah, and and one more thing I wanted to mention because this is my podcast and I can do what I want. Um, I started a new YouTube channel with my friend Nick Kane. Uh, we're both comedians, and it's called Millennial Comic. So we, uh, it's just like a sketch parody song YouTube channel. We only have one video so far, but uh, we're working on more. So come come check it out if you want, because I can do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Also, uh, Bang Dream, a game by Bushiro, the English version is live. I have two four stars, so, you know, feels good. I saw that you followed that on Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah. I, 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 I got the notification, like, you know how Twitter goes, hey, check out these people Why follow this person. Why did they give you a notification for that? Why? For what purpose? I don't know. They do that, and they do the, like, this person tweeted this, like, three hours ago. Not, I'm like, dude, I would have seen it, you know? You do not need a notification for that. I wish there was a way to turn that part off. Like, I want to keep the notifications on for retweets or people tweeting at me, but I don't need, like, check out what happened over here. Like, I can do that myself, thanks. Anyway, until next time, I was Atlas. (laughs) I was Matt. (laughs) Have a good night, everybody.